And let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 1. We have Bibles for you in the pew, and you can find this on page 886. I would imagine that many of you know the name Eugene Peterson. Uh, If not, he's written a number of books, including The Message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible. Now, Eugene Peterson grew up in a very devout Christian home, and when he went to first grade, he had to suddenly realized that all the world wasn't exactly like his home. Uh, In fact, he came to the abrupt realization that some people don't like Christians. And this person happened to be a second grade bully named Garrison Johns who just decided that Eugene Peterson, the little first grader, would be his victim. And so, poor Eugene Peterson, day after day, as he's walking home, would be accosted by this second grade bully who would beat him up. Now, you have to realize that Eugene Peterson grew up memorizing verses like, bless those who persecute you and turn the other cheek. And somehow, as he's, as he's looking back on this event, these traumatic days as a first grader, he said, somehow Garrison Johns must have known that. Maybe bullies have this sixth sense. So anyway, Day after day, Garrison Johns would would beat up poor Eugene Peterson, call him a Jesus sissy, and and day after day, Eugene Peterson would go home beaten up and humiliated, and his mother would say, now you just need to get used to this because this is the way it's always been with Christians in the world. Well, one day, he's walking home with seven or eight of his buddies, and uh, Garrison Johns comes up behind him and starts jabbing him. And all of a sudden, something happened inside of Eugene Peterson. Something snapped. And all those Bible verses he had memorized just kind of flew out of his head. And he grabbed Garrison Johns and suddenly realized, to his surprise and to Garrison's surprise, that he was stronger than the bully who had been beating him up day after day after day. And so he wrestled him to the ground, sat on his chest, put his knees on his shoulders, and hit him in the face with his fist. And then he said, say uncle. And he wouldn't do it. And so he hit him again with his fist and all of a sudden those Bible verses started coming back into his head. And this time he said, say I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. (laughs) And he wouldn't do it, so he hit him again and said, say I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and this time he did. And Eugene Peterson, writing about that years and years later, said that Garrison Johns was my first Christian convert. (laughs) Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. And he is the light of the world because he knows the Father and because he has come into our world to make the Father known to us. Now, not like Eugene Peterson did, though. John chapter 1, we're going to begin reading in the very first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then skip down to verse 14, where we'll see that the Word is Jesus. 
and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now skip over to John 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12. Jesus is speaking to His disciples, and this is what He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now I want you to go all the way back to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, where we'll begin reading in verse 14. Here again are the words of Christ to his disciples. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, we need to be able to take these words on and live them out. And so I pray that in these few minutes together tonight, you would be our instructor. You would give us ears to hear that we might indeed be the light of the world as our Savior is truly the light of the world. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You know, sometimes like uh, the first grade version of Eugene Peterson, uh, Christ's followers can make a mess of things, and we need to own that. We need to be honest about the mistakes that we have made in the past, and no doubt we'll make in the future. But uh, the, the beauty of what we're looking at tonight is that when we get it right, the light shines in the darkness, and the world becomes a little better place to live. I love the way G.K. Chesterton put it. It has never been quite enough to say that God is in his heavens and all, that, and all is right with the world. Uh, because it is a rumor that, and he meant this very playfully, it's a rumor that God has left his heavens to begin to set the world right. Which is exactly, of course, what Jesus did when he came to this earth. And you heard in Jonathan's prayer earlier, uh, the beautiful words of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah who prophesied the day when Jesus would come into the world, begin his ministry, and bring light into the darkness. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Now, there is uh, so much that can be said about the verses that I've read this evening, but this is Christmas Eve, and so I'm going to be very brief. Here's the one thing I want to say tonight, the one point I want to try to get across in just a few minutes. That is this, Jesus is the light of the world, and so are you. You know, when you think about it, until Jesus lights our way, we, we stumble in the darkness. And that can be in any number of ways. Sometimes for, for some of you, perhaps, you, you've walked down paths and you've strayed so far uh, from home that you wonder if there is any way back at all for you. Uh, or for others, perhaps you're going through just terrible suffering and you don't know how to deal with all the emotions that you're enduring right now. The, the pain, the suffering, the sadness, 
the anger, even rage at times. Perhaps for others of you, stumbling in the darkness just means that you're not sure what in the world you've been put on this world to do, on this earth to do. I would say this then, we need to remember all of us, whether we've ever come to know Christ or not, we need to remember that in him, we just read, was life, and the life was the light of men. In other words, Christ came into this world to bring life to us and to then flood our souls with light. He is the life bringer and the light bearer. He, he not only creates life, we just read these words, all things, all things were made through him. But Jesus also creates new life. He makes new creatures of us. And, and when he does that, he, he floods our souls with his own light. So that for the very first time we can see the way. And when he does so, the one who is lost, no matter how far gone he has been, the one who is lost can find his way home. And the one who is suffering and not knowing how to bear up under all the emotions can find her way to the God who is the God of all comfort. And the one who is clueless about life in general can begin to understand that life was meant to be lived with Christ every step of the way. Life was meant to be lived in such a way that Christ is not only our strength, but also the one who guides us and shows us what in the world he put us on this earth to do. Christ brings light into our lives when he comes into our lives. And then, like Christ... We reflect then his light to others. So he gives to us light. We reflect that light to others. And, and, and they then embrace the light that is Jesus Christ. They then are created anew, born again. And, and they then began to affect the world for good. And, and so the world becomes a little better place to live. One of the most amazing truths in all of Scripture is that the light of Christ pushes back the darkness of this world. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and cannot overcome it. Instead, the light overcomes the darkness. There's a wonderful little book called Who Is This Man? And, and in that book, the author points out a number of ways that Christ and his followers have brought the light of Christ into the darkness of the world and changed the world for the better. Think about children, for example. Their lives would be very different because of Christ. In the ancient world, a newborn child could be killed or left to die of exposure. But all of that changed when a group of people who remembered that they followed a man who said, let the little children come to me. When they remembered that, they began to change the culture. And the light cast out, pushed back the darkness, and the world became a little better place. Another example, very quickly, Jesus never wrote a book. But his call to love God with all your mind 
would lead to a community with such concern and reverence for learning that when the so-called dark ages came along and, and so much of the classical world was destroyed, this little community would preserve what was left of its learning. And, and through that little community, libraries would eventually grow up. And the universities, Oxford and Cambridge, Harvard and Yale, those would begin because of this little movement. And eventually, vi just virtually all of the Western system of education and scholarship would come about because of Christ followers who remembered that their Savior said to them to love God with all your mind. One more example. The Roman Empire into which Jesus was born could be very cruel, especially for those who were malformed or diseased or enslaved. But Jesus said, whatever you do for one of the least of these, you do for me. And an idea then slowly grew up among his followers that the suffering of every single human being mattered to God and should matter to us. And that those who are able to should help. And as a result, hospitals and relief efforts of all kinds emerged from this movement that started with 12 disciples and has branched out all over the world. The light has shone in the darkness and the world has become a little better place. Quick story. If you've never read Malcolm Muggeridge, uh, you should do so. He's a wonderful British curmudgeon who uh, was an agnostic for so many years and he was in India visiting a place where missionaries were taking care of lepers. And it happened to be the place where St. Teresa, Mother Teresa, worked. And he realized as he was watching these missionaries, these Christian missionaries, take care of lepers. He, he realized with, with the force of sudden insight that it's usually not humanists who take care of lepers. It's usually Christians who do. Now, as I said a moment ago, we Christians don't always get it right, but when we do, light shines in the darkness and the world becomes a little better place to live. Jesus is the light of the world, and so are you. I was unfamiliar with uh, the novelist Mary Carr until last week, and I read an interview that she did. She was a lifelong agnostic. She was the daughter of a, a mother who was married seven times, a mother who would set fire to Mary's toys, a mother who tried to stab her to death one day. Carl was the celebrated author of The Liar's Club, which describes a good bit of her life. And uh, she was a chronic alcoholic, and she had no sense that Jesus would ever do anything good for her. But Jesus did come into her life and, and fill her life with light. And, and she escaped the darkness of this world. And her, her own life began to change so much. And this is what she said. If you would have told me a year before that I'd wind up whispering my sins to God or being on my knees in prayer to God, I would have laughed myself cockeyed. And then she said, more likely pastime for me, international spy, 
drug mule, or assassin. As I mentioned, I read an interview with her a few days ago, and you know how she came to know the light of the world? She watched ordinary Christians live out their lives, especially those who touched her life. And the one person who had the most influence in her life was not a professional Christian, not a a minister or a missionary, but a professor. And this is the way she described it. When I got to college, I met this great professor, the kind who really changes your life. His name was Walter Mink, and I worked in his lab. He and his wife wound up getting me a therapist, which she needed desperately, and I would babysit their kids. And then she said this, which gives you a sense of who Walter Mink was. They would invite, they would invent reasons to give me money. She had nothing when she went to college and scraped by barely. They would invent reasons to give me money. And then she said, at one point, they even offered to adopt me so that I could go to school as a faculty child. I tear up when I think about the degree to which they changed my life. And then she said this, which sums up so much of what this little message is about. Grace, like that shown to me by Walter Mink, really does banish darkness the way turning on a light does in a room. What dear Christians who would offer to adopt her just to help her get through school. We have a dear Heavenly Father who has truly adopted us. And the only way he could do so would be to send his own son, his own child, into the world to die. And yet he so loved us that he did just that. And Jesus came and willingly went to the cross that we might be his brothers and his sisters. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then he said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This Christmas, remember the light of the world who came into your life and ask God to give you opportunities to reflect that light to those around you. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that you gave to us your only son, that you wanted a family and the only way you could make us a part of your family would be to give up a part of your family. Father, we thank you that you did indeed sacrifice in such a way that we might know the light of the world and that we might stop stumbling in the darkness and begin walking in the light. We give you thanks for all of these things in Christ's name. Amen.